Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. My name is Theo, and the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? Last episode, I nerded out about superheroes and all their pros and cons and I had a ton of fun, so check that out when you get a chance. Today, I have a very special guest on, one of the very first friends that I made in college. It's been a pleasure watching him grow and develop into the person he is today. I'm a huge fan of everything he's doing. Mr. John Joe is with me today. John, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Mm. Oh, this will be great. Um, for the recommendations section today, uh, as far as music goes, I I said that last week it had been like three weeks since the previous episode and the one before that. So I, you know, had some time to figure out what I wanted to listen to this week. I kind of kind of found some stuff um, hit different by Ty Dolla Sign featuring SZA. It's a little older. It's like a year old. But, you know, it was hmm, hit and different this week. Uh, Focus by her. All Stops by Lance Skywalker, Clutch by Coltrane featuring Kiana Lede round out the music recommendations for the week. Shows, not much. I really have not watched much TV-wise. It's only been a week, like I said, since the last episode. Um, I've watched literally My Hero Academia literally every Friday or Saturday, whichever day that comes out. And I've been watching a lot of Formula One and a lot of basketball since like the playoffs are going to be starting pretty soon. But enough about that. Enough about what's going on. Let's get right to the fun here. He is an unbelievably cute young man, active athlete. He's an anime lover. He hits mid-range jump shots like I've never seen before. He's a businessman, so he's a man after my own heart. John, take it away. Hey, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, so yeah, I kind of kind of took your approach with everything and wanted to give also sort of my music, my show recommendations, sort of what I'm catching up on these days. So for your audiences who have a little bit of a broader taste in, in music, uh, I definitely recommend listening to Porter Robinson's new album, The Nurture Album. It's EDM, but it's like it has like a soft anime twing to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got some of the piano, kind of takes you away to like almost like a spirit. If you ever watch Spirited Away, it kind of gives you that another worldly feeling. So I definitely check it out. There's a, you might, you might like this video, but there's an artist that I listen to who's from the DMV area. If you guys don't know what DMV it's like that, um, it's like Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia area. His name is Uzuhan. You. Z-U-H-A-N. He just came out with a song called Immaculate. Pretty deep lyrics in it, but it's, it's fire. It's a banger, for sure. And then we got a Korean artist here. His name is PH1. And he came out with a song um, not too long ago, like less than two weeks ago, called 365 and 7. So take a, like, take a listen. You know, if you want to look into the, the Korean hip-hop, you got there. You got, you know, local artist right there. And then you got the the EDM, so kind of rounding out my music. Um, in terms of show, so yeah, I mean, 
kind of like you, I haven't been watching too much TV, but uh, sort of like a foreshadowing of how this how's the whole podcast and episode going to be. I wanted to give some anime recommendations that I've been kind of all around, but listening to, watching, getting up to speed with. So, I don't know if you've watched it, but Mugen Train, the Demon Slayer movie, definitely is a must-see if you're caught up in the anime world. Um, and then for myself, I kind of took, just wanted to revisit the Marvel Universe a little bit. You know, it's been a little little bit of time since they came out with anything, you know, in terms of movies. So I just caught up with some of the movies, but uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that's on Disney+, Plus. highly recommend, highly recommend. So that's it. Now, those are kind of a little bit my things. And, oh, 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 and I forgot one more. If you are a coffee lover, which I am, Definitely recommend checking out. Um, his name is James Hoffman on YouTube. Great, great guy. Awesome channel. So. Nice, nice, nice. Well, first, first uh, thing I want to add the the DMV, the D part. That's DC. <laughs> Just putting that oh. out there. <laughs> I was like, you were so close. You're so close. But there actually is like a region. It's called Del Marva, and that's for Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. But that's like on the eastern part of the states. Like you know where like Wilmington is, and how Wilmington's like yes. really close to Philly. Yes. So if you were to actually drive in a straight line, like down from Wilmington, you'd actually hit Maryland again because it okay. like it kind of like hits on that side. So like that area over there where it's like touching the Atlantic Ocean, that's called Del Marva, and then DC like. D, like literally right where DC is, like it kind of gets sandwiched between Maryland and Virginia. That's the DMV. So oh, yes, now yes. you know. Okay, okay. I I thought okay, knew it. I just didn't know that in the moment. Thank you. Hey, hey, that's what we're here for. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So wonderful set of recommendations. Very unique. I'm looking forward to you know checking some of those out. You you passed along to uh. What was it? A K-pop song to me a little while ago. Like I really liked it. I don't even remember the name of it, but I remember I remember liking it. Hey, hey! If you if you are into K-pop, if you if you want to explore different types of music, let me know in the Korean in the Korean world, man. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, for those who have never even seen John before, which is going to be virtually impossible, um, John is a wonderful Korean man. Very handsome. Very intelligent. Um, very tall, you know what I'm saying? Love him. Um, but first we got to get to the origin story because every, every, yes. anime, every anime lead up needs a really good origin story. So, of course. uh, w- my perspective of how I've met John, because it, <laughs> even though like near like the end of, uh, like our Drexel time at Drexel together, like we saw each other in passing more than we did, like when we would plan it. But we always knew where we where we could find each other. But we hung out primarily where we first met, and that was in the gym. And I remember it was one night. I don't even think the term had started yet. I think it was Welcome Week or around that time. Uh, it's like ten at night or something like that. The gym's practically wide open. I'm on the basketball courts pretending like I'm good, and. John's over here with one of his friends, or I don't know if you're friends, but like now, but you were with like one of your guys and you were like doing drills. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you're doing drills 
you're supposed to hang out. Like there's like five total people on the court and you're doing drills at 10 PM. I'm like, this dude's very, very dedicated. And I remember you had asked me from my perspective, you had asked me, do you want to do these with us? And I was like, sure. You know, like might as well learn how to get better from someone who seems like really dedicated to doing so. Um, but you texted me and you said it was a little different from your perspective. I forgot about this part, but you might as well take it away from here. Yeah. So I think it was welcoming. I, I think it was like the reason why the gym was so open was because like everybody was, first of all, none of the upperclassmen were on campus technically like around that right. time because it was before the term. And I think it was like, yeah, one of the last few nights of our welcome week. And I, yeah, it was like nine, ten. It was sometime, sometime late, and yeah, me and my, he was like my hallmate friend. His name is Nick. He and me, like, we didn't want to go to any of the events, and we're like, yo, just want to shoot around, do some drills, and we're like, sure. So you go to the gym, and we're doing some drills. And again, you're right. It's there's like five people. It's it's a big gym, and there's only five people. So literally, everybody has their own net, pretty much. Like practically, they have their own net, playing and shooting around. And me and Nick, right, we grab one of the nets out there, and then. We're just shooting. We're doing like I think we're just kind of going elbow to elbow, doing jumpers, and then like rebounding and passing each other, going back and forth until we make a certain amount. And then I see your cute face like on one of the adjacent nets to me, right? And then you just come up to me, and be like, "Yo, like I really, really." It's it also it's towards the end of our drill because I was like breathing so hard, and I remember you came up to me like, "Yo, like I really respect, I really respect your grind out here," and I was like yo that's so cool what's your name and like in my head i was like i never like realized that i was doing something like interesting it was just like me just shooting around honestly and then you come up to me like hey like i really respect the grind i was like i like you what's your name man and then that's the that's how i remember it and then we just exchanged numbers i think in freshman year i literally like i even with people I'd never follow up with, I just got everybody's name and number just because you're always trying to, you know, meet new people in freshman year. But yeah, that was the, that was how I remembered our origin story. It's it's so funny because freshman year, like you were saying, you just get like everyone's number. Like, I feel as though in the neighborhood of like 30 to 35% of like the num like the phone numbers and like social media contacts I acquired from like my five years of college all came from freshman year. And I don't really talk to those people because you're just like, I want to meet this person, this person, this person, this person. And then finally, when like classes actually start, you don't even talk to them anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, especially yeah, yeah. especially when co-op happens, now, you, now it's like a definitive like line in the sand. You almost exclusively hang out with people who are the same cycle as you. You know what I mean? But it was just funny because I didn't know even like going into it that when I would say hi to you and everything like that, not only mm -hmm. like, even just getting to this point, but the fact that you were even the same major as me, like, and you were in the same, like, like you were in LeBeau with me because so many yeah. people I met were like engineering or arts and whatever, but you were LeBeau yeah. and like that worked out really well, you know? Well, you know, technically we do go to an engineering based school. You yeah accordingly you know <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool though yeah i like i often think about like man like this guy how like just out of the blue just really complimented me and this is how we started our beautiful relationship you know theo like that's 
That's on you. That's on you. <laughs> I mean, and that's the funny thing, because you you said I came up to you, but to me, you asked in my head, you asked me. So I mean it just works out, you know. Um, but we might as well like start for anyone who's listening or whatever the case may be, all the way, all the way at the all the way to the back, right? Yeah. I've asked you this, but I forget now because mm-hmm. like once you meet someone as like a freshman, you don't really talk about anything that happened before freshman year anymore. You just talk about what is currently happening. So yeah. just remind me, you what led you with your smart, cute face to go to Drexel? Yeah. So I mean like many people, I think prospecting colleges is a lot about fit, a lot about location, a lot about, you know, do I see myself excelling in this college university? Right. And I'm from the Philadelphia area. Like I'm from the suburbs of Philadelphia. I've grown up um all my life there and I've always heard of Drexel and I think something that I mean for your listeners who also maybe in college and thinking about career steps too. Something that was so important to me was like being able to use college as a stepping stone at, to the next next stage of my life, right? Like it's not supposed, I mean, a lot of times it is supposed to be four years, five years of enjoyable growth of your life, but it's also supposed to be, yeah, like that next career. How do you get to point A to point B and that in college being the in-between? And so, yeah, for me, it was really obvious, I think, where a lot of colleges offer great opportunities. I think Drexel gave me the best opportunity in the sense of like the co-op program giving you that connection of, hey, like we'll take you from a student to a corporate or into the real world for six months. Um, and then you'll get a taste of what it acts like there and to, in those industries. And yeah, take you from that college student into you know, like yourself, an accountant, an analyst like myself. So that's really what led me. It's just like that visioning of like, this is not really supposed to be um, wasted four years, but a time of four years where I can take the opportunity to grow. And Drexel just felt like the best opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I always felt like when you were telling me about that story, that it's always really interesting seeing when you go to a certain school, when you run into people from all over the place, that you get like a different sense of purpose from different people. And I knew you were really like career focused, like how I was when we first started talking and everything. It just surprised me that someone close would go to Drexel because I was like okay I'm not going to any of my local schools that was my determination so like I want to get away from home and Drexel was like that that stepping stone like you said like to develop a professional career but I was like this dude's a little a little too qualified for this school like when I when I was talking to you I was like why you stayed uh, but like you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting that you say that because like honestly I it wasn't like I came to college being goal-oriented, honestly. So for me, like, I grew up playing baseball. And I honestly thought, like, at, I don't know, freshman year of high school to sophomore year of high school, I was like, I'm going to go. I It was wild to think at the time. I must have been, like, some dream world. But, like, I really thought I was going to make it to a D1 uh, school for baseball, right? And I was like, oh, baseball, 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 baseball. But then, yeah, like, and then, like, you know, 
I was like, you know, I don't really have to focus on grades because I'm going to be in D1. I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to get a full ride for baseball. But, uh, yeah, like, once I realized, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to make it to baseball um, somewhere between junior year, uh, between sophomore and junior year, I was like, you know what, I got to start focusing on grades. And that's when, like, you know, the switch turned and started grinding. And Drexel was, like, a great fit because it's just, again, like, you know, you're taking – those four or five years and you're taking it to the next level where you're having the opportunity to actually meet and network yourself. So yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And on top of that, like you were were you you were spring summer were you spring summer? I was fall winter. You were fall winter. I was, fall, I was in the depressing busy seasons of of certain <laughs> companies man it was it was (laughs) the best and worst of times yeah yeah fall winter i'm I'm, yo it like it got it bothered me so much how chill summer like summer is are for companies right like it's everyone's on vacation everyone's just like not as serious and i mean for most companies it's just the middle of the year so it's not like the business part (laughs) so you're like they're just chilling too and i'm like damn only I mean, if only. I, I couldn't even imagine like the these sheer like freedom of you work at a co-op. You're like 20, 21 years old. Your co-op's in Center City and you have sips like that. That's a dream. Right. Like in the right. middle of the week, everyone's like, yeah, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like that is absurd versus for you and me. Middle this, of the week this, is, yeah. is like horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's like. 30 degrees outside you don't even want to go get food because like the wind will blow you back into the front door it's just a mess like and the sun goes out at like four in the winter yeah. like you just it's sad it's a sad time <laughs> this is the late yeah. this is already the latest in the year i've ever worked because wow. i i started in january which is mm. like usual for me like me working in january is nothing but me mm. working in May, I'm like, what is going on? The sun is out. The sun's up when I'm like clocking out. I'm like, what is this? It just it's it feels, such a it feels good. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd rather have it that way though. Like having mm. so that when I know this is only for six months, that I get the really sad six months because it'll at least temper my expectations for work. Like when, like I couldn't imagine. Like having fall winter, like having spring summer work and getting out like early on Fridays and if you're in Philly early on Wednesdays and then going into like a full time job, full blown in the winter. And it's like, oh, by the way, you're still in here and you might have like had to walk through like a couple inches of snow on your way in. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. I feel like that's a really rude awakening versus like the pleasant surprise of, oh, it's warm. You can like enjoy your life when you clock out. Yeah, I was gonna just say, like, honestly, too. Just, I don't know if it's a mood thing either, but like, everyone in the office just seems a little bit more friendlier in the summer. You know, oh, yeah. like they want they want to reach out and do a little bit more about taking you out on a, on a lunch or you know going out for drinks after work rather than the winter where everyone's like, after this I'm out, I'm going home. No doubt. But hey, we we made it. We we made it to this point. Um, one thing, like, I was just thinking about, like, the classes we were, mm. 
in together. Like I barely, I barely remember. All I remember is the very first class we were in together, which may not even be true. Like I just remember from my end, we were in accounting 115 together and we were suffering. Yes. Um, yes. And then the very last class I remember was like, we were in that university B201 class and you were, <laughs> you showed up for like day one. And I think you had to like keep working or something. <laughs> like it was, it was funny because that was one of my favorite classes I've ever had. And you were in it, but you didn't show up. And it was so sad. You know, okay, first of all, for the accounting class, I am astounded that you you are working in accounting because I don't know how you take that class and be like, yeah, I want to make a career out of this. So all the props to you, Theo. That's that's another animal. It's a different beast in the in the finance and the <laughs> in, in accounting world, right? Um, but honestly, dude, I don't even remember the University of 201. Like, I'm like trying to think and I'm just, man, I don't I mean, know. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you only showed up for the very first class. But it was only 10 classes. Like, it was only on Tuesdays. It was only for 50 minutes. Like, it was the most chill class I've ever had in my life. Dude, I don't. It's beyond I mean, me. But I mean, I, I had, do, you know, whatever. it's crazy because we did have, we did have a lot of, we had overlapping classes just never together. Like, we would have the same classes, just different professors, different mm-hmm. times. So that's, that was pretty cool, too, just being able to have you as, like, we can go with each other if we have questions about certain things, you know? Yeah. I remember that being the case, too. Like, you would have the same class. We just weren't together. I do remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... I think that happened with, like, a few finance classes, too. Like, there was, like... It did. There was. I know yeah. there was at least one or two that you were, like, I have an exam in this class. I'm, like, yeah, so do I. And you were, like, it's on Thursday. I'm, like, yeah, it's on Thursday. And I'm, like... But what class is it? And I'm like, why are we not in the same class? <laughs> I know. I it know. It's crazy. It does. Ha- I was like, yo, like, I only have my boy in my class. Oh, right. it'd be fun. It'd be fun. But you would also see, like, how much of a slacker student I was. So, like, I'm glad you oh, kind of weren't in my classes. You would, see, yeah, don't worry. You'll see, dude, I would, man, I would, I'll be out. Like, mentally <laughs> just be out. Like, because if something's like, Oh, Drexel has this thing where it's like sometimes you would have a four-hour class. Like it's it's like physically impossible for a person to stay attentive for all four hours. It's like ridiculous. But it's you know what? We've done it. We've done it. (laughs) And here we are. We made it on the other side. Um. So one of the things we also wanted to talk about, uh, and I alluded to earlier, like we. We've really bonded over basketball and just in general playing because truthfully, like Drexel's courts are really nice. Like the gym courts are like really nice. The basketballs they use are also very, very nice. Uh, So I can never take that for granted. But it felt like that's all I did freshman year. Like just play like nothing else mattered. Just vibes and play. My freshman year classes weren't even hard. So quite literally, I would just play all day long. but just from your perspective, your like just overall interest in basketball. I think I mean I think you mentioned you played at high school and just all of that. Just take it away. Yeah. So, dude, it's crazy because like quarantine has really like the whole pandemic has made me really appreciate 
indoor how how lucky we were to have indoor courts that we had ex- access to like pretty much all anytime we wanted to and and like being able to shoot in a controlled environment where wind and like any nothing was like externally factoring into how our balls were going to go into a net it's it's beautiful how indoor basketball is um that being said yes we had amazing courts at drexel um, we could rent out Evo balls, so you know the consistency of like, man, just having a shot go in was amazing. Um, and you're right, like freshman year, we played, dude. Ugh, like I think back to those times when we were like 18, 19. It sounds crazy because we're not even that old, but just to think, like we could play three, four hours on the courts, and the next day do it all over again. I don't know why. It's just like I can't do that as well now. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no way. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, for me, basketball has always so basketball for me was more of like growing up. I again, I grew up. I have a baseball background, and so for me, basketball being a winter sport in high school, middle school, was actually not even a sport that I thought I wanted to take seriously. It was more of like a sport that would keep me conditioned <laughs> in the winter so that by the time baseball season rolled around in the spring, I was able to, you know, not have to work as hard to get in sh- back in shape for uh, spring training or any type of, like, training in the springs for workouts. So it was actually – that's how it started. So my dad was like, hey, like, just you're just going to be running around. Um, and you should have seen it. Like, you call me a mid-range shooter now, but back in the day, I was like a Dennis Rahman. I could not shoot the ball. I only knew how to grab rebounds, and I cannot dribble for my life because I would—I was just bad. So <laughs> I just picked—I just got rebounds, passed it to the nearest guy who could dribble, and then that's kind of how it went. Set picks. God, I would not shoot any mid-range shots back then. So that's kind of how it started, and then over time, you know, going from middle school to high school, it, I loved how fast-paced it was. It's like baseball can be a little bit boring in the sense of it's always reactive in a lot of ways and situational of based on how like a batter hits the ball so uh thinking right and it's reaction in terms of like okay what are you gonna do in this situation in that situation and it's it's great it's a great it's a great sport but i felt like basketball where because things were constantly moving um you know whether you're setting screen whether you're dribbling whether you're going off ball it felt like it felt alive you know i felt alive in a lot of ways where i was like okay this is so much more fun like i yeah i'm gassed like i'm not telling you i'm gassed a lot of times but it was so much more enjoyable of a feeling when you did win right like sweating running back and forth and then winning a game was crazy fun for me and so that kind of became why i wanted to practice and you saw me practicing that you know freshman year where I was just shooting jump shots. It just, I just wanted to get better. And I'm not like amazing or anything in basketball now. It's just, um, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it just became like, once you see that first jump shot go in, you're like, yeah, they can't guard me or something like that. And then they just keep on going. So, yeah, that's kind of the drive for my passion coming from. And then, yeah, I mean, I would say this, not that you would know this, Theo, because you're not from Philadelphia and neither are you Korean, but there is a pretty, pretty good like philadelphia korean basketball community here like everyone who plays ball who's like kind of decent in the philadelphia kind of know each other they kind of hurt each other it's actually interesting um 
because I would meet a lot of people through that and like play with older people, play with high schoolers who are like up and coming, and like almost have a lot a lot of pride knowing that like I was a Korean American in the Philadelphia area, Philadelphia area playing ball and you know like being able to represent a certain community in my life. So that's basketball for me. That's so interesting because like you were one of the best, like you were like the most consistent like jump shooters. I remember from like, I don't know, from like sophomore year on, because I remember there were so many times where we would play each other. Like, I, I don't know how many times we did end up playing each other. But I remember every single time there was like, like a loose ball on an offensive rebound and you would get it in the mid range. And I would just start screaming at whoever was nearest to you. I would just literally scream at them. Cause I'm like, there's only one thing he's going to do. If it's the mid range, he's going to make it. How dare you leave him open? I would be so mad at them. Like just all the time. Cause we played each other a lot. It felt like, yeah. like a ton of the yeah. time. Yeah. But, I, I, th- yeah. I swear every time we would play, we just like looked at each other and we're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We're definitely looking, we're going to definitely guard each other today. It's, it's happening. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, I think one of the interesting things that's like about pickup is you know it gets it's like the most beautifully frustrating thing because you know when like the good players show up that whatever's happening over there ceases to become your business it's like i don't i'm not trying to get in a fight today i'm not trying to get dunked on today and what's the point in losing like 13 2 you know what i mean but when it's like just a normal day it's like the opposite it's like the most frustrating chaos ever because some people don't know what they're doing like you you never know who you're yeah. gonna get when you're playing out there so you have some guys who like can't shoot but they know how to play defense but like being good on defense doesn't really matter in pickup it gets weird like because all because it, it's so open because everyone's understand every, everyone understands what spacing is but no one really knows what cutting is at the same time it's like everyone's saying at the three-point line okay but no one also wants to like set a screen but dive on the screen they don't want to roll on the screen they just want to pop on the screen i'm like we don't get anything out of this if you just do that and also most people aren't good shooters they just think they're good shooters too yeah yeah it's uh the way that i would describe drexel pickup basketball is if you think about what the Golden State Warriors are, you know, let's say like 2015 to 2017, when, you know, when they were like dominant in the NBA. Yeah. Imagine a 30,000 lesser times version of that. And that's Drexel rec basketball. Just, <laughs> just pick up basketball, right? Like everyone's shooting threes. Like they are Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or KD, right? And then on top of that, um, every, yeah, everyone just ends up like, chucking up a bunch of shots. There is some pick and rolls, but mainly pick and pops, like you said, and the pick and pops are are pretty atrocious shots, even if I had to say to myself. And then it becomes a game of transitions in a lot of ways because so many threes are so short and they go up to back to the three-point line. Everyone's just going, it's just outlet passes three-pointer, outlet passes three-pointer. And that's how I felt Drexel. My time at Drexel. So it's interesting because the mid-range shot that, like, I guess I was good at, it's like, I felt so crappy because, like, it literally, 
if I move two feet back, it would be a three. But I can't hit those consistently. So I have to hit like a base, almost like a Danny Green, but two feet within the corner, right? Like I'm just almost at the three, but I'm just a corner two specialist in a lot of ways. And I just felt like that it was a good point, but never like enough. So that's that's the frustrating thing about mid rangers. It's like it's a jump shot, and like you can make a jump shot, but it's not. It's almost like what's the difference between that and a layup? So uh, it was my place that was frustrating. I would beat myself up because I was like, I could hit mid rangers, but if I could only hit threes more consistently, it's it's all it's also interesting just watching like the scale of what a good player does and can do. Like, the, like easy example. I was playing like a few years ago, and a few guys from the club team like came down to play, and okay. they were basically doing like the most simple basketball concepts. But pickup people don't know what they are until it happens mm. to them. So, like for example, like. The guy would come up for the screen, like on the club team. He wasn't like tall. He was like six two, so he wasn't like ma- he wasn't making like a towering disadvantage out of the situation or anything like that. But he would just slip the screen. So instead of like making full contact, he would just open up his hips, run backwards, catch it, and like make the layup. But you don't know how to defend a slip screen until like the weak side defender in the corner slides down. But the weak side defender has no idea what to do. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, how that's yeah. how you're supposed to defend that. But a, a a typical Drexel defender who's standing who's guarding the guy on the three point line, like the corner three, probably isn't good on defense, and that's why they're guarding that guy. You know what I mean? Then those same guys, like the same guy I'm talking about, he played in the NCAA tournament game that we just had, right? Like he played against Illinois, and yeah. I watched him get absolutely destroyed by a high pick and roll. Like, I know he knew what to do, but he, the athlete, couldn't do it. Like, he was like 6'2", 6'3". He got screened by a 6'11 guy, and he looked like a bug on a windshield. You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's only so good you can get, because I just watched a dude who absolutely destroyed us just slipping a screen. Like, that's all he did. He had to slip, all he did is slip a screen, and the corner defender didn't know what to do. He knew what he needed to do. He just couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? That's life. You know, you can only control what you can control. And a lot of that, people just eliminate having to think by just shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so funny. It's, it's, yeah, like, you know what I love about pickup basketball too is like, you, like, almost like the body frame of a person should never give you any indication of actually how good they are. Like, even yeah. if you're the most jacked, oh, gosh, like, you, I've made this mistake of, like, oh, like, yo, like, I want him on my team. He definitely looks athletic. He looks coordinated. He looks like he can ball and then shoot with, like, one hand off of one foot, and you're like, God, what is that? And then the guy who's, like, a skinny kid who's short is, like, oh, God, he's, he's, he's just pulling moves on you. And you're like, oh, gosh, like, well, what the heck? So I love it. I love it and I hate it. And it's uh, you said it's chaotically beautiful, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like 
for example, um, like I know you know like a bunch of the guys who play, and like the easiest example is Kevin. You know Kevin Doy? Yes. Like, yes. How absolutely that. destructive he is. He is Bro. legitimately like if Steph Curry could be melted down into someone who went to Drexel, and that and that's how he plays. He's just so terrifying every time. You know what I mean? And you just have to know that. Like, you just have to know who he is to give him that level of respect. Because if he just went to, like, a random park in any other city, he would be so unassuming. Because he's also, like, five foot eight or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's, like, five seven five eight. He's He's also not any, like, his build isn't anything particularly astounding. It's nothing like you'd be like, oh, like, turn around, double, double check on him. He's, like... He seems very average in terms of height and like weight, but oh gosh, Kevin, this guy was nasty. I, I, oh man, sometimes I'll play against him and, and like, because maybe like it was off a, you know, switch off a screen, I have to be paired up with him. I was like, just shoot it, man. I know it's going in. I, <laughs> I can't do nothing about this. It's, it's, it's a, it's terrifying, you know, even like, you know, Caleb, even he is like so unbelievably unassuming. Yet he's just so fast with the ball. And then yeah. oh, look, oh, look, little dude reverse layup every time. Yeah. Little dude reverse layup. Little dude step back 10 footer. I'm like, I hate this little kid. But you know what? He's not a little kid. He's just a year younger than me and short. You know what I mean? It's just like, God. Yeah. It's but just, you I, never know. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, there's just so many different types of people when you play pickup. And I think that's the beauty of it, too. While we're on this topic, like, pickup is something that I think is, like, honestly, why a lot of people, I think, feel like they just, that's how they pick up basketball as their own sport. Because it's, there's so many different play styles, so many different levels of play. Like, there's that spectrum of, like, where you where you fall. And I think, like, the crazy thing is you don't have to have any sort of formal basketball training background. Like, you don't, I didn't. Right. And, and you're not necessarily having to, you know, go out there and do a hundred drills, but if you play enough pickup games, right. If you play like, let's say uh, 150 throughout two years span, a year span, you're going to get noticeably better at pickup ball. Maybe you're not, you're not as so adept as to like, if there was a ref, then, you know, like, are these are fouls, these are fouls, but you're going to get noticeably better at basketball just by playing, you know, pick up basketball so many freaking times. And I, tr- and it's crazy because, you know, like the jump shot's going to look ugly as hell sometimes with some of these people, but it goes in. And that's like, I guess, a good thing of pick up basketball. It's like you adopt it as your own and almost. Yeah. It, it was funny because, like, I, I think just genuinely my understanding of the game of basketball has only gotten better as like my, like my overall athleticism has gotten worse. Like, <laughs> like if you, like I can read a floor so much better now, but when I was a freshman, I felt like, like legitimately I could do whatever I want. Like, you, like literally, like you were saying, play for like three or four hours, but it was really just no thoughts, just vibes. You know what I mean? Like I exactly. would go out there and just do whatever was happening. I do like whatever see like whatever I would see fit, but I don't know if you noticed. Even as I got older, when I was like 
like right before we had to like you know close school and everything when i would play defense like i was calling everything like i was always oh, oh for sure shouting everything so i'm like okay this is gonna happen this is gonna happen this is gonna happen this is gonna happen please yeah. just like you know be aware of that because sometimes if you don't tell someone like like literally like a coach would like what's about to happen to them on defense they won't know they won't even recognize it you know oh yeah so like you would Dude. hear me like literally on the track you could hear me like yelling for screens telling like telling the guys you can like take two steps back like calling whatever shot some guy was going to shoot you know what i mean just because that's where i was but if you asked me like hey theo play more than like three games in a row i'd be like no you're kidding yourself <laughs> that's yeah. not gonna happen yeah Dude, it's, it, you got to be, like, nowadays, for me at least, I got to pick and choose, like, when I want to even just, like, go all out for a loose ball or, like, oh, yeah. That's You know what I'm saying? Like, those are – you only have a certain amount in them in your body a day. So you got to pick yeah. and choose your battles with them. I mean, freshman year, I was going so hard, I dislocated my shoulder. And then, like, two weeks later, I was playing again. You know? It's just like, yeah, Crazy. whatever. I, I know like, I it know. doesn't matter. I what else yeah. matters? Ball is life. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask this now since like you minded like since we're on the topic. Um yeah. of, of your friends, who's the best basketball player? Oh gosh. Of oh, my friends. Yeah. Oh man, that's a great question. Um I will say like does someone I know who I play against count? I'm not necessarily my friend, but someone sure. I played against. Sure. So back in freshman year, I was on. Um, there was like we had our like JV team and stuff like that, and I was like, I was just somewhere between two to three years playing, and I it just made it just because I was a hustle player, and I was playing against at this time. I did not know him that well, but heard he was up and coming. His name is Lamar Stevens. Really. And and you might know who Lamar. If you're if you're listening out there, you might know him. You might not know him. He's on the Cavaliers right now, the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers in the NBA. He's a rookie. Uh, he played for Penn State for I think three three or four years. And I play against Lamar Stevens. I uh, I'll say that he's the best player I ever played. And no, but I'll tell you this: he wasn't. Obviously, he wasn't like what he is now. Like he didn't have. Don't I'm not telling you he didn't have he did not have a jumper. He was. Athletic, like athletic, long. He, at the time, he was like six one, six two, so he wasn't even that like significantly taller than the rest of the people. But yeah, he was just like you knew he was just athletic. He was getting to the rim, he was gliding across the court, and he was just like he was beating you just off of the block. And you're like, yeah, I can't do nothing about it. And I was like, but he can't shoot. And I was like, he doesn't, and he couldn't dribble that well either. He was like. He had like one or two moves to get past you through his athleticism, and that was kind of it. Didn't think too much of it until all of a sudden, I was like, "This guy is actually in the NBA." I was like, damn. So, best player I played against, I guess. But it didn't look like it at the time. But he definitely put in all the work, and he's he is where he is now. Pretty solid. I was gonna like make you like choose but you know um you know dave yes i would say he's the best i hate playing against dave i hate <laughs> playing against dave i'll tell you that like 
that's what I hate about three-pointers is, like, if it makes you feel like you're left on an island and you can look really bad in that island, right, if you're defending. And that's what he does to you. He'll, he'll just shoot a three in your face, and though you're close to guarding him, he still makes it. Or he would pump fake and just get by you, or he'll play some mind games, dribble, and then step back and then get you. And then it's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to think, but I know I'm not thinking it correctly because I'm not doing well. Dave is good. Dave is definitely good. I'd say, like, Albert's up there. I don't know if you know my – is a guy named Chris Bui. He's now in the Vietnamese Basketball okay. Association. Hmm. Um, he is a hard-ass worker, Theo. It's like his grind is crazy. I would, I would Sometimes I would go to the gym at, like, 6 uh, 36, 45 before work to get some shots up too. And he's already there sweating. Like, he's been at the gym before I did it. I thought I was getting there early. He was there, like, sweating, pulling jump shots, like, doing drills. Like, And he's, he's like, the hardest worker I've seen, for sure, in my personal experience. And he's in, you know, he's playing professionally now overseas. So, that's awesome. most to him. Yeah. The reason why I would specifically say Dave is that I saw him play. Like, he was joking around. He was joking around. There was one mm-hmm. time he had, I think he hit nine. He hit, so nine points. So he had uh, four straight twos and then, like, one, like, floater in Crocs. And he was joking one time. And I was like, I hate this guy. Like, why are things so easy for you? I have to bust my ass to do anything. Like anything. And I was just like, this is so frustrating. I remember when I was a freshman and I would get hot and you found it really, really annoying because I knew it was annoying because I knew I wasn't like that. But I would get hot sometimes. But Dave is just automatic. And I'm like, I hate this thing about about Albert is that I think (laughs) I think with Albert, the, the reason why I don't say he's better than Dave is simply because I've seen, I think, I've, like, the sample size of Albert's just bigger. Like, I, I think mm. I've just seen him play so much that yeah. Dave's relative sample size makes me think that if I made him play as many games as Albert as I've seen in my head, Dave's games mm-hmm. would be better. But yeah. I have, with, like, the track record for Albert's that also, like, very elite. And also Brian too. Like, of course, Brian's that dude. You know. So uh, yeah, for your point, uh, point for your God, listeners Brian. out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, for your listeners out there, I guess the way that I would compare Dave. So Dave, we've been talking about Dave. Dave is like, like he's like the pure, like a very pure three point shooter. But he can also dribble, and he can like do a little bit of everything. But his main focus is like shooting threes. So knowing part about Dave is like. If you were having to close out a shot that he like had gotten the pass from, it's very hard because like he can just do it, or like because you're you're scared you're gonna shoot through, you're gonna over like commit on like blocking a shot or guarding it that he's just gonna go by you through a drive. So that's a, that's the really annoying like mind game that Dave has. Albert is like Albert's play style is like he can play make dribble, but again he's also a little bit he's a, he's a shooter for sure. Uh, he's a bit more streaky for sure. So like, if he's on, it's like, good lord, like it's you're gonna have the hardest, a hard day, a hard, a hard day for sure. But he can play make too, which makes him a little more dangerous in my eyes. Where, whereas Dave isn't, he can pass, but his mindset's more like, okay, I'm going to get the ball, shoot. Yeah. But 
they're both like a microwave, man. Like if you give them like a shot, right, and they make it, oh god, you better hope that the next shot is just off. Because like if they make that second shot, oh god, it's hard. It's hard with them because they're the kind of players that you need more than one person to guard. Like you need one person to run them off the shot. Then you need the second person to also pick them up. But yeah. in pickup, but nobody gonna, does that. You're not gonna exactly. You're not exactly. gonna get that. Like that's what makes them so hard because you can do everything right. Like in like in a, if you watch like a regulation game, if they were like in a team setting, what you would see mm-hmm. is someone run them off the three, and then someone would come stunt their drive and they'd have to give it up. But because no one decides to <laughs> ever do that ever for any reason because they're like i'm not leaving my man i'm like why not your man is shooting like 27 percent for his whole career all right you can leave him okay but no they don't want to like i have to be the one who gets cooked you know what i mean like come on now like it's so rude exactly it's that's what i'm saying you're on in pickup basketball you're just on the island because nobody not that nobody wants to help but no one is willing to to help so graciously in a lot of no ways one, right? nobody like, wants to <laughs> yeah like i would tell you that they're defendable if you're able to get some help but because nobody is willing to give you help they're almost not defendable so you're just like okay well f me then i guess right yeah the, the hard thing for me even just like adapting into like getting you know like to through the years when i was younger you knew me i would just shoot threes and yeah. I was like, okay at it. You know what I mean? Like, just, I was JR in those threes. You know what I mean? You, you're but pulling up. You're pulling up anywhere you can. I was pulling up. And yeah. that eventually, su- like, subsided? Su- succeeded. I don't know what the word is. Subsided. There we go. That subsided yeah. because I was getting bigger. Like, I was put, like, I was like, oh, look, a gym I can do anything in. I just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that had to translate really well that had to translate better because if i'm a bigger size i should play bigger but it's hard to be the size i am but also be really short like what in what na- in what like real realm of life is a 510 person posting up you know what i mean like that doesn't really make sense but yeah. that's what had to happen but, but when, you're going to get like triple teamed exactly like, literally if you're in the paint and you have the ball you're a magnet to everybody and anyone and it's the worst it's the worst feeling the, that's the why good, i'm telling yeah. you yeah drexel is the thirty thousand times worse going to state warriors because it's the worst it's everyone's a apparently everyone's a floor spacer but they can't space the floor no not at all like you pass it to them like it's it's the strangest thing they're they're on the three you get past your man because of a screen or you just have the step on them and you kick it out and then they drive. And I'm like, why were you standing there then? Like, if you're going to drive every time I kick it out, why are you standing there? Why aren't you cutting then? You know what I mean? It's just a yeah. mess. And no, and no one, like, if I post somebody up, generally I'm going to have an advantage on them because I chose to post them up. You know what I mean? I cho- Like, I choose to do that. If I yeah. think I'm going to get a good pass off, you can't just stand there, all right? Because then I get nothing out of it. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Because you don't know why? Because I'm gonna. I do taxes, and therefore I don't play basketball like that anymore. So that's all in the past. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> so 
wanted to move on to the next and that was a wonderful basketball chat i haven't had one in a while just on like love it all but um just for you in general like you grew up yeah. in philly area and you know i i was merely adopted into the area but like i have my favorite things and i know you do so just tell mm-hmm. me in general what are your favorite things about Philly, your favorite spots to just like kind of chill out about, even if they're popular, if they're not popular, like favorite places to go, all that stuff? Yeah. So in terms of restaurants, I think anytime you're like new to city, you have to you have to try cheesesteak. You have to you have to go to the Ben Franklin Parkway, go to Art Museum. Those are some of the over let's call it overhyped things that everyone tries, which Granted, those are actually some pretty cool spots, like, to even hang out generally. Like, the Art Museum in Philadelphia is a really cool hangout spot just to exercise at, take pictures, whatnot, um, and just enjoy time. I would say my favorite spot, and it's still it's still a place that, like, still the area of Philadelphia I'm still trying to get more used to and explore more, but in Simfishtown, and in Philadelphia, Fishtown's more of, like, a – it was – a not as like popular residential area, but now it's becoming more residential, filled more restaurants. So it's become more of a popular spot for young working adults. Um, but in Fishtown, there's a spot called Evil Genius. It's like I think they brew their own beers, but their main focus is like they have a bunch of different types of beers, lagers, ales, you name it, and the craziest flavor. Like they have an avocado type of flavored beer. It's wild, and I love that spot because like. I'm a, I love craft beers specifically, so anytime I'm able to try different types of flavors of beers, I, I don't try to go drink too much of alcohol at one time, but trying different beers is, is always an enjoyable experience. So they have like these flights, and these flights are, you know, min, they're probably like four ounces, less than four ounces of, of, of beer, a single beer, and you're trying different types. And it's a great spot to just try different beers, especially if you like beer. Um, like craft beers and then it's also like a big big space so you're able to like hang out talk um, play games and just enjoy so that's definitely a spot and there's some food there but i think mainly it's just about the alcohol so um if you're in philly i would recommend going to evil genius for a nightlife kind of experience i'm not too sure exactly i haven't gone there since the pandemic so i'm not too sure if um I, i think they're still open but i don't know if like how the procedures of covid affected you know where how to hang out is but it's definitely still open so give it a try if you're in the area um even if it's not late at night it's a great spot to just drink some beers um in terms of food so i would say theo i'm not too sure about you but sandwiches are a love of mine like any type of sandwich you can argue hamburgers are sandwiches i love hamburgers um one of the my favorite types of sandwiches are called banh mi's. They're Vietnamese like hoagie almost. If you can imagine it, if you haven't heard of it, it's called banh mi. Crack. And f- yes, it's so how a banh mi, a classic banh mi, is assembled, and you can always vary what goes in. But like from what I've seen in my experience of what like a traditional classic banh mi looks like is it's a French baguette. So in terms of like consistency of the bread, it's very crispy, flaky on the outside, but the inside is very pillowy. Um, it absorbs a lot of the flavor of what ingredients you're putting in. So that's typical French baguette. So it's a French baguette, 
and inside you have Vietnamese cold deli meats. So they look like here I have some pork. I don't think there's ham, but there's like the cold cuts of pork, um, and they put a pate, almost like as their version of a mayo, right? So it's pate is like I think it's some sort of like milled down uh, like liver paste, but it's and it sounds kind of weird. It sounds very like like I don't know, not appetizing, but it's crazy good. It's packed with a lot of umami flavors. It's rich. It's good, and it it really um I think really makes the sandwich what it it is for honestly to speak. Um, so that's kind of like the more of the meatier sides of the sandwich, and then you have pickled radish and and uh or it's a pickled daikon and carrots, um cilantro, cucumbers, and I think yeah. And if you want it spicy, you have the jalapeno like slices of jalapenos option, and for me, as a as a as a food foodie food lover, I always eat with how the tech like I always eat with texture, right? I think texture is so important to me as a as I'm eating a food because having one texture that you eat over and over is it gets a little bit boring. And honestly, I kind of get sick of and sick and tired of it really quickly. So, like for example, not that I hate cheesesteaks, but I think cheesesteaks can get to a point where like let's say you're in your fifth, sixth bite in, it's the same texture, flavor, profile every time. While bomb me, um, because again the bread is 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 crispy on the outside, you're getting crunch from that as well as the crunch from the pickled daikon and carrots. You're getting a little heat from the jalapenos, the cilantro. If you like cilantro, it adds a little bit of its own brightness to it. And then you're getting of obviously a rich, salty umami flavor of the meat and the pate. So that all to say, my favorite spot in Philadelphia for a food, uh, like a food sandwich, is is called meat, meat and tea, M I, like for bond meat, and then N T E A, for tea, and they do bubble tea as well. I don't know if you've been there, Theo. It's more they opened recently, it opened actually during the pandemic, but you need to try it because I I have to say this, it's the best bond me place i've ever been to and it also helps that they opened on my birthday so kudos to them but it's a great place you have to try it their bubble tea is is like it's the bubble the bubble is really good the bubble tea is great the sandwich oh god you always gotta get two i'm not even joking like every time i go there i can't just get one i i'll it's just too short of an experience and even though like the, the second one kind of like makes me really full and like really like oh I ate too much food, it's great. It's it's so good. So check it out if you're in the Philadelphia area. Me and T and Evil Genius. And of course, you have to try cheesesteak. And if I had to give a recommendation for a cheesesteak, um, do not go to Pat Pat's or Gino's. I mean, you could, but I wouldn't if you're trying to spend like at least 12 bucks on a sandwich, I would say go to John's Rose Pork or D'Alessandro's. <clears throat> they are phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're all both, they're both a little different from the classic, I guess the classic Philly cheesesteak, but they are great sandwiches. So. Mm. Very succinct. Uh, rundown. Uh, I, I, hey, go for it. 
I love food, so I gotta make sure like the listeners who are going to go check out Philly, okay, they gotta know. They gotta know. <clears throat> no, that's that's a very good list. I there's so many different kinds of food I got put on to when just living in Philly. Um like I started eating dim sum when I was in Philly because it's not much around here, like where I live. So I started eating dim sum in Philly. First ever bond me I had it in Philly. I loved it. Like it was so good. But I've never heard yeah. of that place, but I, I gotta try it out. Yeah, but yeah. come come back. Come back up whenever. Let me know. I'll take you there. It's okay. Dude, it's like whatever you had in Philadelphia for a bomb sandwich, it's just that much better of a bomb sandwich. I was I've been I've been craving one for like six months now. So <laughs> Okay. Um I guess we gotta make it a trip then. It looks like looks like it. Um let's see, let's see, let's see. My food places, okay, so I got to do my favorite place in general because this is from a, like an outsider perspective. I came in and I was like, I got to, I got to live here. So I have to enjoy what's going on. But freshman year, I didn't really do anything like where I, where my apartment was like on 38th and Hamilton was like a place I'd literally never go to as a freshman. You know what I mean? Just it would stay on campus, maybe go to Penn's campus like a little bit temple in center city that is it that's mm-hmm. like as far as i would go and then like end of freshman year i found um pens landing and i was like "Ooh, there's stuff out here okay okay <laughs> yeah. you know um i was like this is cool like I, I really like this and like of course down the street spruce street harbor park it's really cool just like catch a vibe chill out um then as I started getting older and then like I got a car as a sophomore. So as I started getting older, I started finding more things. Like uh I don't know if you what you call it mainline or city ave, but I love city ave. Like just everything on it. <laughs> like I I go to the Target, that's on City Ave. Um there's this Peruvian chicken place over there. That's like a it's like it's like yes. heavy on the DC. Like that's a DC chain. Sardis. Yeah, Sardis, Sar- right? yeah, Sar- Sardis is a DC chain, but they have it up there. And I was like, oh, a taste of home. And I had I would go there like every other Sunday. I remember that's how often I went. Um Honey Grow, that was a Philly thing. And I started like then it got really pricey, like for what it was. And I was like, mm, whatever. But favorite places I always tell everyone I have to go. Like I I came up to Philly like a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, <laughs> and well, i went thanks for the notice i mean okay to be fair i was on i was on a, <laughs> i was on a mission you know what i mean i was only there okay. for like a little bit um, okay there's this taco place by the art museum it's called buena onda it is so good it is so is it, good is it the burrito taco burrito taco no 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 this is shrimp tacos and okay. it's so good oh my god i get it every time i've been to philly two times in 2021 both times I got Buena Onda. That's how you that's how you know where my priorities are. Um they have these shrimp tacos and wow. Just delicious nutrition. They, they, they just serve the one taco or is it like no you it's like one taco. Things. One taco is like three fifty or something like that. Gotcha. So I get like a ton of them. Um so that's lunch. Dinner, I love Sampan. I don't know how you feel about it, but I love it. Like it's just like it's one of my favorite restaurants ever. Is Sampan. Funny, funny story about Sampan. So, um, <clears throat> my girlfriend and I, we were celebrating our, our one year anniversary, right? 
Yeah. And you know what? You know, next door, Sampan is double not sushi, right? Yeah. They're they're owned by the same person. It's literally like the same like, thing. What yeah. connects them? Yeah, literally, it's just there's like a hallway that connects the two restaurants actually. And for my first anniversary, my first year, like one year anniversary, I was like, yo, like tell my girlfriend, like, we're going to go to Domonat. Like, and I was trying to make a call, like to reserve like a spot, but apparently they're like, yeah, you just walk in. And obviously, like, it never works out because I walked in during dinner time. To, like, yeah, it's going to be like a one and a half hour wait. I looked at my girlfriend, I'm like, prick, man. Like, I have, <laughs> like, I should not have done this. And I know I saw Sampan, like, I heard of Sampan before, but I was like, I never, like, thought about it. So it's like, okay, like, there's a restaurant next door. Let's just see if, uh, if this turns out well or not, you know? I go in there. I'm like, hey, like, you guys have, and we just, you know, table or two. How long will the wait be? And they're like, oh, yeah, we have a table here. So I was like, oh, sweet. And, yeah, Sampan saved my one-year anniversary. That hey. <laughs> so that's that's the story behind Sampan. I like it. It's It's good food. Yeah, I love Sampan because I would go during sips, and yeah. that first of all, my favorite thing, my two favorite things about Philadelphia as a whole, sips and Drake night, two best things Philadelphia ever had to offer me. Um, and then of course you. <laughs> so um, during sips, I would just go into Sampan, and everything was like five dollars, and I would literally just yeah. order dinner during sips, and it was just amazing. Um, I've heard of Evil Genius because I used to work at a restaurant and we like used to yeah. eat stuff, but I don't drink like anything. But I've heard of mm-hmm. it, and I've heard of that place mm-hmm. being like a really cool experience. Um, it is, it is. I've heard of it before. Um, Fishtown, I've been there a few times. I used to go to Barcade a lot because I'm basically just a grown child. Um, so I've you know I've had my fair time at Fishtown. Um, what else? What else? What else? Brunch, oof. Have you heard of Honey's before? Honey Sit and Eat. Have you heard of that before? Yes, I have. I have. That's my that's that's my spot right there. Honey's is okay. so good. And then the only thing I don't like is cash only, but a lot of things in Philly are cash only, so it's whatever. Um <clears throat> and then Founding Farmers, that's in like uh that's in uh KOP. Yeah, they, I just went there. I just went there. I like it like I like it in general because they have more of them closer to me like down here in like the DC area. They have a lot more down here. I just know it's up there too. I actually actually have never been to the one that's up there, but I really like it in general. But yes, yeah, Sampan, cheesesteak place Delessandros. No question about it. I love Delessandros. I just hate the traffic. Like how like trying to get into Delessandros is a nightmare. But the food it makes it worth it every time. Yeah. It's interesting because like the the sandwiches there in, instead of like threads of like the ribeye meat, you know, the steak, they just like finally chop it up into like yeah. really, really minced up pieces of beef, which if you think about it, is a really smart thing to do just because you're getting such an even amount of meat every single time, you no know, mm-hmm. mixed within the cheese. Yeah. So I like it. I thought and the bread is good. Um yeah, I would say like that. That used to be my top. That used to be my top until I had John Rose pork steaks, the cheesesteak sandwiches. Yeah, and I don't know if you had them, but they're godly too. So I can't go I, wrong with either. So that's the thing. I was the first time I had heard of John's was when I stopped eating red meat. Like I, well, when I started eating it less. Like mm-hmm. I, I only eat red meat like once a week now, just because like you know health. 
Uh, <laughs> my parents were told like two, three years ago that they need to stop eating. Like they need to eat it less. And I was like, well, if I'm half my father and half my mother and both of them were told the same thing, I think eventually I should just start doing the same thing as them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So like I've been eating it less. I don't even remember the last time I had a cheesesteak if I'm being fair, but John's roast pork. Got to try that out. Um, but yeah, sand pans crack. Um, I had Chima. Like Chima is basically like another version of like Fogo. And I really like Chima. Um, but one of my favorite things that Philly ever had, and they don't have it anymore. At least I don't think so. There is this food truck on campus, like our campus. And it was on 30. It was like on North 33rd Street, like right in front of the armory. There's a Filipino food truck. And it was literally oh, just like, yes. it was chopped up chicken or pork over jasmine rice. That was it. It was it was as simple and as possible. Like, yeah, some onions on top as like yes. garnish. Yes. Oh my god. I I I will tell you this right now. If that food truck was anywhere near me, and I mean within like an hour of me, I would go at least twice a week. Right Dude, now. I don't know if you like I don't I don't even remember it. I wish we can give them a shout out, but I don't even remember the name of the place. But Mama like, Tell just popped shout out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was Filipino, so like Ali, like Ali loved it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, it was. It was so good. Yeah, it was just a simple meat over rice dish, honestly. And I didn't. It was like what, like six, seven dollars for? Yeah, six dollars. It was a meal. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And the, and the owner, so they were so nice. Like I remember they were, um, they did a whole day where they just, I think, just because I think, um. It was like the one year anniversary or something. They just started giving out free meals. Oh my god! Because like they wanted to. I was like, "What the heck?" So I, good. It's, I remember when I first found it. Like my my roommate Kit. He like well, my old roommate Kit. He told me about it, and that was when there was only like two or three people in front of the cart. So I used to go like a lot. But then like I would come out of class, and it would be like two o'clock, and I'd run up to him and I'd be like, "Do you have any food left?" He goes, "No, I sold out of everything." I'm like, "Damn, I hate that. I I hate." selfishly that everyone loves this place but i'm happy for him that everyone yeah. loves this place yeah you know? dude, it's, yeah the guy the guy there and, and i guess the, the mama is like so nice like they're yeah. so genuine and like you could tell like everything they did did was like hand prepared like from the marinade to to literally cooking the rice to even cook like all the whole process the whole system of how they ran their food their food truck was like so mom and pop, which is so cool. So cool. I definitely ate, like, to close this part, like, this was definitely, like, um, I ate a lot of sandwiches in Philly. Like, just, I, I mean, I'll never convert to saying hoagie, or I'll never convert to saying water ice, but... Oh, um, come on. Bro, no. You? Like, literally, if you just it's leave Philadelphia, Rita's italian ice it just says it right there if you just leave philadelphia why would i call it a hoagie if i've been calling it a sub my entire life like my whole life you know what i mean but it's fine okay you're from there you're allowed to say that but like i'm not from there i was nearly adopted by the 215 267 you know what did I mean? you ever uh did you ever call water ice, or i guess italian ice water ice when you were in philly like just out of like subconsciously oh yeah water ice did um, that ever happened to you no, I mean or it did one. It did hoagie. one time, and I was so mad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause like we were doing a fundraiser for it, so like I had to kind of like say it a lot. But I was doing it for the purpose of the fundraiser. And then mm -hmm. once I was talking to my girlfriend, I said it again, but like 
subconsciously and i was like oh no not like this but i haven't said it that way since except for like in the context i just used it for to tell you what it is but yeah yeah nah but it, it is delicious i will say that but mm-hmm. man. so yeah and the wawas wawas oh that was a big thing wow that's the thing wawas a really big thing here too like I no. didn't realize it was a yeah. I didn't realize it was a big thing in like the like South Jersey Philly area until I oh, went yeah. there. But people were like, "Yeah, Wawa's yeah. everything," and I'm like, "Oh, cool! It is like kind of around here too." <laughs> like Royal Farms is a big deal here, but closer to DC, like closer to DC, it's a huge Wawa is like like you guys you guys have it as religion. It's like religion near DC too. It's a huge deal. Yeah, I would say like it's you know because it, it stays open late. It's like after Every, night yeah. drinking, it's everybody's like go to spot for food. When I would leave the gym, it was right there. I was like, shoot, it's right there. You know what I mean? It's right there. Um, but you know, food, food is food. I'm gonna have to come see you. We're trying out that that me and tea place. Okay, last thing I have to ask: What's your favorite bubble tea place? I have to ask. Yeah, I just have to know you, mm-hmm. John Joe, favorite bubble tea place. Favorite bubble tea place. Yeah. Oh gosh, um, there's so many good ones. So I would say if, and it depends. It really depends on my mood because okay, sometimes you want a milk tea because you just want the milk tea, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you want a fruit based tea, right? You want something mm-hmm. that's a little bit more refreshing. I would say. Yeah. So based on my mood, so if you are, I think they're pretty much a lot everywhere, but if you want like a refreshing fruit tea, literally any kind of fruit, literally, you know, whatever fruit, whatever type of tea, go to Mr. Wish. Mm. And Mr. Wish is like, it's like crack. Like if you want a fruit tea and you want like actual fruit in your tea, they're gonna do that for you and they're gonna do it well you know they can adjust the obviously just an ice level i adjust the sweetness level but mr wish is crazy good like and i, I think maybe people go okay well it's not even like a local thing i don't care it's so good like when i tried it i was like when you try a mango slushy like you should you should taste or have some bits of mango right like and it has it if you want a mango tea with like mango green tea, it should have some bits of mango. And I, I, I swear it should. And it does. And I'm like, why haven't I had this before? Why haven't, why haven't we, uh, why can't this be more of a general practice amongst all bubble tea shops? It's good. Mm-hmm. If I want a milk tea, um, I'd say <clears throat> in the Philadelphia area, there's, it's tough. I would say like, and everyone has one, but Kung Fu tea is, is so good. It's so consistent. Yeah, it's so consistent everywhere that I don't think like I I ever feel like I've been to a bad kung fu tea, which is like a blessing and always maybe not the best spot, um, but it's so consistently good. Every time I go there for milk tea, it's just in there everywhere, so I can just get one easily, and I know what I'm gonna get. So makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, like I we've been going to kung fu tea. Like Allie and I have been going to Kung Fu Tea so consistently. She's a Kung Fu Tea ambassador at this point, like mm. like literally. And one of the things about that is like there's there's a Kung Fu Tea like f- f- six, 
minutes from my house. Um, so Damn, like go- that's dangerous. That is freaking dangerous. Yeah, like it's like right there. Yeah. And then um, we've been trying out this new place. Like we've been trying out new places recently. There's this place. Um, I think it's called. Wow, I I don't even remember anymore. But we just tried this place. It was called Bubbles and Tea, mm-hmm. and um, it was like in the DMV area. It was pretty good. And then oh, the place I'm talking about is called Vivi, like V I V I. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty good. I like that. Like they have a lot of flavors. They have like 16 prime, like 16 most popular flavors or something like that. And I was like, all of these are wild. But yeah, Kung Fu Tea and then Vivi's been really good to us lately. The only thing that's interesting about Kung Fu tea is that when I was just up there in, in Philly, the one on our campus has like food. It has like yeah, yeah. Asian snack, like well, Asian, yeah, Asian snack food. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one by me, they have, I think it's called uh KT fried chicken, KFT fried chicken or something like that. Like it's like yeah, a it's it have, Taiwanese. It's a Taiwanese type yeah, of yeah. fried chicken. Yeah. They have they have like fried chicken and stuff. And I was like, this is cool. You know, like, you know, just give it like a little different twist or whatever. But one of the things about it is that, like, how often can I eat fried chicken and like feel decent about it? You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Yeah. If you, but, had, if you get what yeah. you go to order. Um, passion fruit, green tea, 30% sugar with the bubbles. Less ice or normal ice? Large. Get it large. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. What do you get? Um, oh gosh. So I usually get like a, if it's a milk tea, oolong milk tea. Mm. Something about oolong, like the taste of oolong is just oh so good. It's so like distinct in its like profile. Um, so oolong milk tea, less sugar, less ice, uh, with boba, always with boba. Or do you say do you say bubbles or do you say boba? Um, I don't know. I think I say bubbles. Yeah. I know it's I I know it's boba, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a, I think it's an East Coast West Coast thing. A lot of people in the East Coast refer to it as bubbles. A lot of the people in the West Coast refer to it as boba. Mm. Interesting. Um, and then if it's a fruit, fruity, um, peach and mango, uh, like a slushy, or peach and mango like green tea, immaculate, immaculate. Mm. True. Nice. Well, that's uh, we talked about food and we could do it for all, we could do it all day. But I want to talk to you about you know just some, a little a little something else you got going on here. So you've been you've been on your grind. You've been on your exercise grind. Uh, I tried like I, to. Like I see you posting like the Nike Run summaries and stuff like that. What what led to that like surge and your running and all that recently? Yeah, so actually, I have never been a. I have like grown up hating running, like just long distance running. I freaking hated it. But um, last year, like pre pandemic, like literally June, or sorry, J- January, um, or December, January, like around that time frame, I was like, yo, I just want to try doing this half marathon that was coming up in March, which obviously got postponed because of COVID. But I wanted to do it's the Broad Street Run. And no, sorry, it's wait. I think it is. Forget which one it was actually, but it was it was a half marathon. And I was like, "Yo, like, 
I want to prove to myself that like not only can I just run like a certain amount of time, but like I can do it. Like I can do a half marathon. Like literally, just get off of that. Like get off that of my bucket list. Like I ran a half marathon. Um, so I found like a training regimen and I and I started running and I hated it. Like literally, I could tell you two miles and I like was like f this. This is the worst thing ever. Um, but I think during my training, as I got into the the higher miles, like so, like past five, five miles, six miles, seven miles, and like these runs became not just like a thirty minute max thing. It was like literally an hour, hour and a half. I thought I was thinking to myself, like, there's actually something really therapeutic and really something productive about running long distance, like. So as as I mean as you run like you listen to music probably right as you run, um, but I started switching out music as I was running to podcasts like something that you're doing right just listening to podcasts whether they're a thirty minute podcast or an hour long podcast or hour and a half long podcast something whether it was and and generally just all areas of spectrum from sports to art to um, people talking about what's going on in the economy finance. And I think, like, as I was, like, listening to these podcasts and, like, learning as I was running, it became an activity where, again, like, I was just growing a knowledge and a hobby. And and obviously, so since the pandemic happened, the, the whole half marathon got canceled. It was postponed and then eventually canceled. Um, I just kept running because it was something that I picked up as an enjoyable hobby. Like, something that, like... I'm super stressed at work or maybe um yeah like I don't have time to maybe go to the gym and lift I can just go on a 30 minute less than a 30 minute run and still get so much out of it like I'm sweating so much but I'm also enjoying listening to something that helps me like concentrate focus on like on my next move or what do I want to do when I get back home so running is I mean the surge really just happening out of like of a point of me wanting to prove to myself I could run a half marathon, but it just ended up being like a habit and a hobby that just stuck. So, wow. Well, hey, uh, just letting you know if, if you ever feel like, why am I posting these? You know what I mean? Just know that I I do find motivation from them. You know what I mean? Like I I see them and I'm like, you know what, Theo, you can do it. This is the day you can do this. You know what I mean? Um. And I've like since I've been vaccinated, I actually started going to the gym again. Like, yeah, uh, I started going again this past like on Monday, and it's it's felt really good. I I was trying to do like a little like neighborhood jog here and there, and I mean I was you know doing okay, but it then it started raining a lot, like a lot. And like, it rained, I think like la- like it was like, either last week or two weeks ago, like six of eight days, and I'm like I don't want to slip or like get hurt or anything <laughs> so i like i taken a little break from it and then you know now i'm back and you know when i i just think about like how you've been like doing your thing and i'm like you know what Theo? i know you hate cardio you do hate cardio but you can do this and i used to run a lot when i was playing soccer when i was you know young and like when i was like 17 18 but literally ever since we started going to drexel like what's cardio i don't know like i literally don't know it's just um, it would be basketball that exactly. would be cardio because like i just get so bored like even yeah. if my endurance is good i get really bored really fast yeah and, i can get monotonous yeah. like what's my objective if i'm running 
you know? And sometimes it's hard for me to find that. Cause if it's like, if you're just running just to, you know, maintain staying in shape, I'd like, I'd rather do something that's like short form, like, or like with a ball or something like that. But if it's like, you're just running to run, you know, I, I lose motivation like super easily, but you know, just seeing your posts and stuff, I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't need to lose. You don't need to, you don't need to lose motivation today. All right. Maybe next week, you know, again, and then you post again. I'm like, okay, next week, you know what I mean? Just keep going. Theo. So yeah. I, I found it very inspiring. Yeah. And it's, uh, <clears throat> if, you know, if your listeners are, are starting, wanting to run or just start running, just even if it's to lose weight or, you know, just to get in, into shape, it's never for me, the running has never been about time. Like there's such a, our culture is so almost like hyper competitive of who can run faster. And, and that's, and I could care less. Like, for me, I don't try to run fast. I don't try to run um, under a certain amount of time. I just try to run the distance that I plan on that day. So if everyone want to run three miles, I just run the three miles. Like, and obviously, I want to make sure that my pace is like good in terms of like, am I running at a pace that is challenging, but at the same time, almost relaxed? And I would run it. And I think... That's uh, that's like how I've developed a healthy relationship with running that I think many people should. It's not about running under eight minutes per mile. If you can do it, that's so good. I mean, it's really impressive. And I think there is like a lot of like praise to be said if you can run a fast like 5K, 10K, whatever. But honestly, like it can get intimidating to start, right? Running is always intimidating. It's also very unwelcoming because of the cramps because of a lot of the issues with breathing so just run comfortably and run whatever you whatever you can and just i always say like one percent better if it's the next the week and you want to run again like let's say you run one time each week what can you do one percent better that you didn't do last week it's not about like running faster maybe it's like maybe i want to control my breathing a little more or do i want to like um focus on how i land on my foot every time I run, every time I take a step. So I would say those are some of the important things that have really helped me develop like a hatred for running into it's almost like a craft. Wow. That is a deeply philosophical explanation. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think yeah, it has to be, right? Like anything that you develop into a hobby, it's uh you get really into the weeds of like how to get better at that hobby. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think that, um, I, I did approach it that way when I was younger, like when I was like 17, 18, cause <laughs> motivational story. Uh, I was like, I've always been bigger, obviously, you know, you know that. Like, I don't think no matter how much lifting you do, John, if I do like a little bit, I'll be bigger than you. Like, it's just kind of like how my body works. You know what I mean? Like, it's just my type of body. You know what I mean? And I was trying to play soccer senior year and I wasn't like I was a senior and I probably I wasn't projected to start. And that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like you a senior. You're not going to you're not going to. You're, yeah you're you're not gonna start you know what i mean like that that's kind of lame so literally literally i ran i think six days a week like 
that summer. I was going crazy. I was also fresh off of, you know, like a, you know, a little breakup or whatever. That's unimportant. Um, I was grinding and I never like the, I, I got to like, even on a really controlled setting, I was running really, really fast, like really fast. And I was really happy with it. And I was just dedicated to the grind and everything like that. But I also had the time to deal with the cramping and I had the time to deal with like, you know, taking all that time out of my data, like all the stretching and all of the everything. Cause I would put in like, there's like a public track down the street from my house. I'd put in like two hours over there. You know what I mean? It would be like a little warm up lap and like two miles and then do some hit work, then do some like hills and then go home. You know what I mean? And I was like super into it. But that was also because I had a very clear motivation in mind. You need to start. Like, you cannot be a lame on the bench. You know what I mean? But now it's just like, I'm an accountant. You know what I mean? And like a nice little jog here and there will still go like a long way. But will it, will, will me, my end, my, my large body, can I get back to that aquiline frame I used to have? I don't know. And then every time I like, I feel like I'm like doing really well, like something always happens, like always, you know, and I'm just like, damn it. But I, but you providing that motivation, I've been on a good streak, you know what I'm saying? I've been, I've had a good little, 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 uh, stretch here. So keep posting those. I really like them. Appreciate it, man. I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we kind of answered, yeah, we did that, did that. So. We're going to get to like really the premise, the meat of why we even started talking, like why you really wanted to come on the show. And we're only like an hour in. We're way past an hour in. Right. But this is what really, you know, pushed us over the the hump to getting you as a guest. Anime. We're talking about anime. And you posted a poll. Was it a week ago now or a little over a week ago now? And you posted a poll and you said. Like, pick which one's better or whatever, Demon Slayer or Jujutsu Kaisen. And I told you my reasoning as to why it was kind of hard for me to choose. But you are very definitive. You have a very definitive answer in your yes. mind. Yes. So, <laughs> John, Demon Slayer, take it yes. away. Yes. So, yeah, to so give you background, like you said, so I put a poll up to see Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen are just two enemies that are on the up and coming. <laughs> They're kind of like, Everyone knows about it now. It's like in the anime community and, and more. And I was just curious, you know, like, what do people like more? What do people, you know, generally like prefer to watch? Because I've watched both, and that's why I put that out there. And I have another opinion, right? And again, my 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 followers didn't disappoint me on this one. And everyone, most of this, the majority chose Demon Slayer. And for me, I actually love Demon Slayer. And prefer it way more than Jujutsu Kaisen. And the reason being is, I think when you take a look at any anime, especially shonen type of anime, shonen being like that boy, that young boy that is growing into something greater and achieves all these powers, fights, all those things like you know, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, there's all types of shonen types. And Demon Slayer is similar, and Jujutsu Kaisen is, is, Kaisen is similar in the sense that they're all shonen type. Demon Slayer has a complexity towards it in in the fact that you are hit immediately with the motivation as to why 
Tanjiro is doing what he wants to do? Why is he a demon slayer to begin with? It's not because it's not like one day he woke up and was like, yeah, I just want to just kill demons. It's literally he's a demon slayer because he's trying to find a way, a solution to get his last surviving family member back to a human being. Spoiler alert, you know, like this you, is, I mean, the, you were, for all anime heads you are entering a spoiler zone we're talking about exactly. everything we know so if you hear a show that you want to watch you're interested in and you have not uh started it yet i advise you skip ahead because we're not holding back yes so you know like you're you're immediately hit with like his whole motivation why why demon slayer is demon slayer why is his journey his journey and I think there's so much power in, like, yes, like, I am with you, Tanjiro. Like, let us do this together. Let us freaking go. And I love that. And, like, you're obviously, like, it's, it is it is a little bit slow-paced. I'll have to admit, it is a little bit slower-paced in the beginning. But, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, you, you watched the Mugen Train movie, right? Of course I did. It's, oh, gosh, like. Like if you t- if I rewatched Demon Slayer by the way to prepare myself for the movie train and I was like, dude, he like is so strong. Like even now, even though he's not the strongest Demon Slayer, he is just so much world so much better like than he is in the beginning of the season. And it's like he's not even doing that to be strong for the sake of being strong, right? He's doing that because he has a goal. Like his, he wants to protect the people he loves. He wants to turn and find a way a solution to turn nezuko into back into a human being and it's like i love that but and that's like why i prefer i guess the fight scenes and the story the fight scenes itself are strong and they are well animated i think that's where jujutsu Kaisen takes like a leap ahead of of demon slayer the fight scenes i would say in jujutsu are definitely like very well animated it's it's really sick, honestly. Like I have to admit, like it's crazy sick. I love like, this fight scenes there. Um, so I give that for Jujutsu Kaisen. But Demon Slayer is so well rounded um, and so unique to the approach of like how they're taking it uh, because it's like you're seeing how mortal humans are compared to demons, right? Like you're seeing so many people die very quickly, very easily, and there's like there is maybe a little bit of plot armor, but it's like not like you're seeing people die and then with jujutsu kaisen i was like i don't get it like what like what the heck is he doing like you were literally i don't know for me I, and i sound very biased but like i just felt like i was rushed into how he became like the host the vessel for that um su- su- sukuna sukuna like that, yeah that, yeah that, that big sorcerer guy that's like the main evil force and i was like i don't like I don't, like I don't know if I care if he became bad in this world. Like I don't, that's how I felt. Like if he were to completely turn evil, be overtaken by this force, and and that force would destroy the whole, like Jujutsu Kaisen universe. I have zero attachment to to this universe. That I don't necessarily. I kind of want to see that happen too. You know, like that's how I felt. And like I get so I watched the whole. I guess whatever the whole first season that came out and I was like, it is good. There are spots of it that I, I appreciate. Like um like when they're facing the other school and the in exhibitions and the the comedy, like the comedic relief parts are definitely really good. But I would say like the story building and the connection that you're developing with these characters aren't as strong. Like 
Itadori is a great fighter, and that's all I'm really getting from that. He's not like he's not particularly memorable in a lot of ways from me. Um, it's and then I would say like I feel like people like it because the characters are also really attractive. If that makes sense, like a lot of gr- like like Gojo, Gojo will steal your girl like easy, and your um, man. Yeah, yeah, he literally he'll he'll steal your steal your spouse. Like that's who he is, and it's like I get the physical like appeal, I guess physical quotation marks, right? Like appeal of the characters, but I don't know. Like I don't feel like that attached to Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. That's a very well rounded review. Um. I can see the same. So, like, let's just let's just you know lay the groundwork here. I started watching Jujutsu Kaisen fresh off of watching Attack on Titan, right? And there is so different. Like, there is nothing depressing about Jujutsu Kaisen. It's just fun, and I think that's kind of like why I like it. I liked it so much at that time. It was so refreshing because it's like just punching, like show up punch. Why is he a deep, like, why is he superpowered? Doesn't really matter. He punches things, right? And, and I think one of the things that shonen don't do so well, or, is, or I mean, how about this? They don't do it that often, is they don't, they kind of dangle the idea of someone being really strong right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And they don't show it to you until like later on. Jujutsu Kaisen throws that way out of the window. They're like, here's the strongest character in the show. He is now. Okay, let me. You go for it. I was gonna say, like, tell me then the difference. Like, so, like, I don't know if you watched it, but One Punch Man, right? Yeah. One Punch Man is like, to oh yeah, me yeah. that this definition of like you're literally seeing the most single dominant force in the whole universe there in in Saitama. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, of course. I don't know what made. I was like, what? I get your point. I see it, but I was like, it's so frustrating. I guess for me to think like. What makes it special? I guess. I guess what I mean is like I'm not saying that um, Itadori is. I'm saying Gojo is. Like they're they're like, hey, here you go. Here's an example. Oh, of for sure. How yeah. how good someone can be and how far away this guy is. Because even in Demon Slayer, Giyu's really good. But he's still not the best one. Like he, yeah, he still has a lot yeah. to learn in that aspect. So you're you're still kind of like warming up to the idea of what strength is you don't know what uh his name's muzin right i don't I know how to pronounce the last yeah. name. Um, yeah, yeah like you he looks like michael jackson right but yeah like you understand he's the strongest one but you don't really know why yet you just saw the aftermath of what happened versus like what is it like episode eight you get a whole gojo exposition of oh by the way he's fighting jogo the dude with the volcano head Here's watch him destroy him. Like it, it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm like, whoa! It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was. I thought that was no, that that was definitely a great fight because I also thought it was hilarious that like in the middle of a fight he brings up Isidori. Yeah. For a freaking lesson on how to beat somebody or like just like what this guy is doing wrong, but like he's like still in the middle of a fight. Like Gojo is right. like, like what the f? Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's the only. Those are the pros. Is there a story for Jujutsu Kaisen right now? Not really. Like it's a dude in high school, you know. Like I, I get that. I I've seen some good points. Like I I like that. Like one of the things that some people have brought up is 
I like that they don't Naruto love triangle us with the like the two men and the one girl dynamic. Like they don't do that to us, which is pretty cool. Like they're all just like together and they hang out together and they fight together, but they don't like hamstring like the girl into being like a useless character like they did for Sakura for literally 200 straight episodes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they don't do that oh, to yeah. us. Um, and for reference sake, I am 24 years old and I have not even gotten to Shippuden in Naruto. Like I literally, literally stopped watching Naruto at like 136 or something because it's just so slow. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to finish it. It's just so slow because we started watching Attack on Titan and then we started watching Demon Slayer and then we started watching Jujutsu Kaisen and those yeah. are more interesting. You know what I mean? They're just more interesting at the moment Um, because Naruto is like 600 episodes long. Uh, <laughs> but and Sakura is just useless. So that's what I mean. But Demon Slayer, I would agree. It's just so much more complete. Like everything about it. I understand the fights are, you know, they're okay for the in the beginning right for sure yeah it's not like anything crazy yeah 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 but it is a beautiful show like totally just like the passions of each of the characters their reasonings the way they're drawn if you read the manga and then watch the show you're like whoa i didn't even realize they looked like that like how good that's how i felt oh my gosh dude like i was like when you read it in the manga it's sort of it's shocking the sense of like okay like oh I, this is how the story progresses but when you see in the anime like how it's animated it's, yeah oh my gosh it's like the voice acting the music the like the colors it's crazy it's it's an experience like i haven't finished reading the the manga yet like at all like i just mm-hmm. made it to where they're in the entertainment district yeah like that's where okay. i am right now and yeah like my girlfriend she was for those who do know demon slayer my girlfriend she was nezuko for halloween because she loves demon slayer she loves demon slayer and i just started i read i was so impatient for the movie i wanted that movie so badly that she like read all the manga and then she handed me her phone and then i started reading it and i knew what happened in the movie i knew everything that was going to happen and it was still so beautiful like I, I've like it was like when they sh- showed what Tanjiro's like core looked like in the little things that were walking that guy along. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I knew it would be like really wholesome because of the way they drew it in like the manga. But like seeing how it looked, like when he described it as like, I just feel warm inside. Like I just feel warmth all around me. I'm like, I feel that right now too. And I'm in a movie theater. You know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah, I have to. I have to say, like, I shed a small tear at the end of the movie, dog, and <laughs> I, I was emotionally like devastated and in sort of enlightened and thrilled about what could happen next. Like, I read, I read the manga too, and like, I know what's gonna happen, but even still, like, I was like, this movie, the movie itself blew my mind of like oh what yeah happened. but then just the added fact of like you know like i said like the whole ambience of the coloring the, that voice acting that music just amplifies whatever you read into like this whole world and dude i'm excited and like the movie yeah 
it, I'll say this. I, mean, I don't want to tell too much because even though it's been out for a little bit, it's you just gotta watch it, and I think you just gotta like understand that it's never gonna like Demon Slayer itself is like gonna be the story more than the fight, right? Like it's literally you're following a story, you're following a whole journey, and there's fighting along it, but it's not the main thing. I mean. Everything about Rengoku, I think, oh. should should tell you oh. why you should watch Demon Slayer. Just him; he could be the entire reason you watch this, like the show, because everything and, about him is just so oh. good. Man, man. Okay, man. and I, I will. I will. I, say I'm this. speechless. Like, yeah. And the thing that was so crazy is like even. There, there. Like, I would say, definitely, definitively, of all the shows I've watched, like, yeah, uh, like Jujutsu Kaisen probably does fights near the best of all the ones mm-hmm. I've watched. Like Demon, I mean, Demon Slayer. When Demon Slayer peaks in terms of, like, especially that fight in at the end of the movie, that yeah. was like on Jujutsu Kaisen level of fight of like how oh, they drew yeah. it and like the pace of it versus like, like I, I understand that. Naruto will have good fights, but I'm still so jaded by that that scene really early on where it was that dude with the giant sword and then like the land of the Labaza. <laughs> and like that yeah. they just stared at each other for 15 consecutive episodes. I'm like, this is horrible, right? And Sakura, 45% of her words are Sasuke. I'm dead serious. Like I th- that has to be the number. It has to be, right? But that my hero has some really good fights. Like in the in the, like in the interim, they're okay. But when mm-hmm. my hero hits its like stride, they're up there. All the All Might fights are like, oh gosh, yeah. United oh, yeah. States is oh my god. I was oh screaming. yeah, I was screaming. screaming. You're, yes, you're screaming. <laughs> I was like, like oh my god. <gasps> I've, I yes. was never. I've never been more proud to be American than that moment. Like that was the peak of it. I was like, I, I I'm going to enlist in whatever like armed forces i need to so i can have that power like that was a crazy moment um that was beautiful um but just akaza that was crazy like everything akaza did was so fluid his arms kept growing back which was super frustrating and you know what's you know what's crazy too like i don't think like and and this is just from sort of my own interpretation of Akaza as a character, and Akaza, by the way, Akaza for listeners to just kind of want to give them context. He's like the upper third moon, and 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 uh, he's a real bad demon dude. slayer. Yeah, he's a really strong bad dude. I don't think his intentions were to actually kill. I think his intentions were. Again, like you, know, you saw, he you know he prefaced the fight like about how he just knew Rengoku was strong and wanted him to turn to a demon, right? Like, yeah, that's all he wanted because he wanted to have the bond of fighting a strong opponent for the rest of his life. And I think Akaza didn't like have that. He didn't try to do anything like to. I don't want to say like kill because like he's sort of like. All of his moves are deadly, but he definitely wanted to force the hand of Rengoku to be a demon. Which, in a way, is like 
it's interesting because like then I don't think he's so much ill intent as a as a as a antagonist as as much as he's like almost wants his own thing, you know. Like yeah. I don't think like yeah. You know, when you think about like the main bad guys, their whole part was just to kill, 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 right? Take over the world. But like he was like, yeah, I just want a sparring partner that is strong enough to keep up with me for the rest of eternity and get stronger with me. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely, he's a good. Interesting bad guy. Yes. Now to wrap to wrap this, would you if you had to do it, if you you can do it in tiers or you can do it like yeah. just straight in numbers, your favorite anime or best anime you've ever watched. Oh. Because oh. you've watched a lot more than me. Yeah, I listed I in I I listed right so you could see it how many I've watched. You know what I mean? Like I started watching yeah. anime technically with like Beyblade and then like Pokemon and Bakugan. So like literally the like the children friendly ones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But like I didn't I like to give you some scale, I didn't watch Hunter Hunter, which was like my first real one. I didn't watch Hunter Hunter until I was a pre junior. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would say Hunter X Hunter. Yeah, that's probably like within my top five. I love Hunter X Hunter. It's great it's freaking amazing and that's actually like a top moment of mine too one of the moments in hunter x hunter is when um gone like he sees like you know he's facing off p2 like the cat um chimera chimera ant yeah and like he just goes berserk mode adult gone turn dude that chills chill chill, it was crazy um but yeah, in terms of like, oh gosh. So if we're talking about my favorites, my favorite, favorite, favorite. So I'd say, in overall, I think what has been like something of, I'd say top three, top my top three, and they're not in any particular order. So don't take this as like the yep. first one on the list as the best. Um, it's not so much action as as much of like. It's a very interesting story. It's called Re-Zero. I've heard so of it. Re-Zero, Re-Zero, I would definitely watch it. It's The second season is a little bit confusing, so I don't know if I liked it as much, but the first season is great. It's basically about this guy, Subaru. He's transported into this fantasy world. He doesn't even know how he's transported, but uh, the basis of the whole story is he's trying to help out um, like this household, this, this princess, and he keeps on dying but like every time he dies he just goes back to a point in time like almost like a save a save like a save point mm-hmm. um and then restarts with how much knowledge he figured out then to kind of change the trajectory of how his next steps are going to be so it's a great story first season is great second season is a little sus but definitely recommend it um this one i think is a little bit of an underdog like a dark horse that i think you need to definitely it's not like action again. This is not action, which is surprising. But high Q, the yeah, the, the the volleyball one, right? Yes. Have you watched it? No, not yet. Oh gosh. Okay. Whatever you felt in terms of like that United States of Smash from All Might, you're gonna feel like four of those in high Q. Like really? at least four of those. You're gonna feel like you're gonna scream. You're gonna. Sc- I I screamed like four times, five times. I was like. I was like, my, my arms were flexing. I was just like, in like Super Saiyan mode, just like <laughs> so hype about it. Um, Haikyuu is definitely a good one. Um, 
within the top three. And I would say, uh, again, like Demon Slayer. So those are kind of rounding my top three. Uh, honorable, honorable mention is if you, again, if you care more about action rather than like actual story, which there are people like that. They just want to watch it for the pure entertainment piece. Like if you watch um, what's it called um, Fate Grand Zero, uh, Fate Grand Order, Freight Grand Order. It's like Fate, 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 Fate. Oh, Fate. Okay. Yeah, Fate, Fate Grand uh, Order. It's it's uh, it's part of the Fate series, which if you don't know, it's sort of like all these heroes are fighting um, against each other for um, like this. What do you call it? Like a cup that gives them like one wish. There's many variations, iterations of it many different types of series and they're all different they don't really like go together connect that well or they don't really have that intention but they're all its own story but if you watch fake grand order that the fight scenes the i'm telling you if you just want fight scenes if you like jujutsu kaisen's fight scenes these fight scenes are in, like two times two times more intense it's, it's absolutely absurd and there's a lot of them okay okay so okay. those are those are my honor mentions wow not and, even, and not even. Would you? You wouldn't even put Demon Slayer up there. I did. I know Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is top three. Okay. Yeah, Demon Slayer, Haikyuu, and um, Hunter x Hunter. Okay, Naruto but you're, has but you, but, 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 but ReZero and Fate Ground Grand Order, you'd throw in like the, like in the honorable mentions. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. I I think like Naruto is like I think Theo Naruto is childhood. It's never gonna go away for me, uh-huh. and it's never gonna be in the bad spot in my heart. Like Naruto, the when he was twelve, or the Shippuden, Shippuden, where you know, or that's like all about the they're just milking out money for the whole for the whole series. <laughs> that's why I think Shippuden, dude, it's. <laughs> It's literally like what fifty percent filler, fifty percent background, and like oh, and I was uh, sorry, fifty percent filler, twenty five percent background, twenty five percent like actual story progression. It's it sucks, but it's childhood, and there are some great scenes in Naruto. So yeah. I will never be like it's never a bad spot, but it has fallen off from like my favorite to probably top ten. No. Yeah. I mean that makes sense because like I got in so late. We all of these anime, like every single one that's like I listed for you, I either started in the pandemic or finished it in the pandemic. Like like we like Ali and I started Hunter Hunter. Like I watched Hunter Hunter by myself and loved it. And then I got her in and we watched it together from like right before the pandemic started and then we finished it during it. Then we watched um my hero right after that and then we then like amazon prime has this like option for like three dollars a month you get access to like every pokemon episode ever so we watched all of hoenn which was really cool um because mm-hmm. it was cute because we were also in the midst of watching attack on titan and watching our sanity literally fall <laughs> off a cliff um yeah like oh I my can't god that. um and then like we watched uh what else like demon slayer sheep 
I there's no, I don't think there's anything in life she loves more than Nezuko. Like that's her favorite oh. character because she acts just like Nezuko. Like every time she wants like to be pat on the head, that's literally my girlfriend. Like every single time. <laughs> um, Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah, it's been really. It was good. Like it was just so it was easy to follow. I would say like you don't have to think much. It's like punch, mm-hmm. punch, 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 punch. I, um, I love yeah. I, I love Toto like. The the big buff guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is hilarious, bro. He's, He's so hilarious. Funny. He's like, oh yeah, my brother. I love him. I love him. <laughs> and then we watched Hori Mia. It's like a it's like a cute little anime. It was really cute. We watched yeah. Hori Mia. Um, but we're like we haven't we're we're only watching like Demon. We're only watching My Hero like periodically now. She have you watched my? You've watched My Hero. She loves. Like she loves Todoroki, she loves Tokoyami. Like those are her two favorite characters. Um, mm. I got her a Todoroki backpack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Momo needs to wear some damn clothes. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is a fifteen-year-old. They have her dressing mm-hmm. like this. I'm like, someone put some clothes on this woman, please. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, did you watch the episode that came out like this past weekend? Did you see that one? No, I didn't. Okay, yeah, I'm like, please, someone cover this woman, please, somebody, somebody. They're all in high school, damn it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I if I had to do like a top three, I just feel like Hunter Hunter was just so good. Like I remember mm. I have so many moments where I was going just like absolutely nuts watching it. Like I was so hyped that once like the um what was it? There's so many good moments. There's so many. I just can't think of them. Like obviously, like the gone Pito, that was wild as hell. Like Dude. my, my oh, jaw was on the yeah. floor for minutes. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Hunter Hunter's so old. I'm not spoiling much of anything. When he kicked yeah. her, I was like, bro, <laughs> oh my God. It was crazy. Um yeah. when Killua went Godspeed, that was crazy. Um Dude, when, that when he, like whole arc. Yeah. Like the Camara the the arc was crazy. Bro, like, are you kidding me? Like crazy crazy and there was a sick scene um in hunter where i don't know what exactly it was like some sort of challenge but killua like literally went through a guy took his heart yeah yeah yeah. like right at the beginning bag yeah yeah right in the beginning so i was like that's freaking crazy yeah what a freaking moment you know um when when it was what when remember uh Uvo, like the really big dude, when he yeah. went against the Shadow Beast, that was wild. I'm like, oh man. But then you know, Kropika took care of that. Also, Ali really loves Kropika. So we call him Pika, like just for short. We call Kropika Pika. And then an attack on Titan, Armin, like little Armin looks like Kropika. So we also call him Mini Pika. And it's just like this whole Oh my thing. gosh. Uh, <laughs> but Attack I love on Titan, that. Hunter Hunter, and Demon Slayer—they're like they're the ones. Like yeah. I really like I I really like um my hero. It's just like kind of cute and stuff, and it has its moments. But I feel like the average episodes are like, not, legitimately not, average. But the yeah, but yeah. the Demon Slayer average episodes are still really good. I agree. I agree. I think I think my hero is. There are certain moments within certain arcs that peak really high, and those yeah. are so exciting. But the downs are like they're a little bit av- on average a little bit more like mellower than uh, 
and the other ones you mentioned. I think Attack on Titan is just like, oh, holy shit. It's just crazy. I think Attack on get, Titan like, has, very political. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's like crazy. I think Attack on Titan, it, it, I think right now it's my favorite. Because like, it, it just has, it might be the most complete show I may have ever watched. Like, the, I, I, the things that they put in the show in season one matters halfway through season four. I'm just oh, yeah. like, Oh, I'm like yeah. they, I'm like they don't they don't leave anything untied. It's like they they close every single hole they leave. There's not one there there are very few remaining ones that they have and they're all so minuscule. But all the big ones, I'm like, "Oh, that's crazy." You know? Like they do it so well. It's Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, so I say spoiler, but it's been out season 4's been out for a while. It's yeah kind of crazy to think that when like uh reiner and like his the whole crew warrior crew like bursted through the wall in the beginning which like kind of like sparked the whole like yeah aaron being who he is and, and the whole thing it's like reiner and like aaron were like kids yeah reiner literally did that as a kid you yeah know? like and they were so like so young and then like they didn't even like there's so much stuff that they didn't even like realize that they were doing that their actions mm. had effect on like the world right they're and, literally 10 they were both 10 yeah and like or it was at least nine years ago that's at least like the math they were yeah like i'm pretty sure because aaron's 19 now he was 10 when it started so it was at least nine years ago yeah Crazy. it's 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 like in in the kind of look that Aaron gives in season four, like you can tell, like every Oof. season, his eyes have changed in their intensity. Almost, it's like there's like yeah. this hopeful intensity you see in season one, season two, season three when he gets captured and he's like sort of yeah 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 kind of accepting his death and like the imminent end. It's like he. And not like loses hope, but just like there's an intensity that's lost, but he still like is himself. And it's season four, goddamn! Like yeah. his eyes are merciless, man. Like merciless. I was, I was, I'm like, this is a depressing show. Like it, season, it is. Season three is. was a was like the way they tied all of Marley in in season three, and like how that how everything mattered it was just so beautiful and then like when armin finally saw the ocean for the first time i was like man this show's off to such a like season four couldn't be better couldn't be and here we yeah. are and i'm like bro like i'm watching other stuff to make me happy because this show makes me sad <laughs> oh gosh you know what's so sad too is like when um when Levi has to kill his whole crew because they got turned yeah. into demons. That was, like, so sad. I was like, oh, no. But it was so sick, too. <laughs> he just did it. That oh. was crazy. Levi Levi is a tragic, tragic character. I was in a lot of ways, yeah. too. So, so strong, but tragic. Right. Well, that was, that was our anime spiel. That was beautiful. But yeah. on this Love last, it. on our last little note here, um, something you've been doing for yourself, and I just wanted to you know, highlight this and you can talk about it as we, you know, kind of wrap up and stuff. You yeah. have been doing a lot of like 
you know, projects. Like you have a YouTube channel, you have like a JJ Sips account, a JJ, I think management page, you had a TikTok, you have a page for your dog, you got all these things going on. And just like talk about how you feel about them, what's like the motivation for some of these things, and just like, you know, how you feel about them. Yeah. Um, no, I'm glad that you, you brought this point up because it's kind of like where my life has been kind of going in a lot of ways oriented. So um, I have a dog, so I have an account for my dog and I like to post, and, you know, we, it's so fun. It's honestly so fun creating like special, t- specialty accounts on Instagram. So I have a, a coffee and beer and kind of like a drinks account that I love to share. And um, I have, I'm so into coffee. So it's like just so cool to be able to share my passion on those pages. Again, my dog, I love my dog. He's my son in a lot of ways, you know, so I love to share that and the consulting page. So this is like where I really want to just emphasize, like, you know, as we finally kind of wrap up this whole thing is like something that has been really, um, like something that's really grown in me this past pandemic, this whole year is like, I don't know for you, Theo, but like I've been in like Philly, 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 like during this whole pandemic for the most part, like other than just going home to see my parents here and there. And I've like, I've been like blessed in a lot of ways that my, that the job that I have is a corporate level job and I've been able to work from home. And I, I mean, like you are too. And so there's like so much that I've been blessed with to kind of be not shielded from the pandemic, but just like, have some sort of like financial security in, in my job still. Um, but you know, you realize that not like maybe like 70%, 75% of, of out the world out there isn't, isn't that isn't in the same position, right? Like there are still people who need to go into their respective workplaces. And for me, this consulting page, so it's like, it's just more of a social media management and like, um, ad management marketing, um, business that I started up, it really began because like it stemmed from me seeing how hard the pandemic hit local small, like local small mom and pop shops, right? Like the shop, like we talked about, like the Mama Telly's like food truck, right? That's a perfect example of like something that could have been, that pretty could have been really like impacted significantly because of COVID, right? They're not being able to um, cook the food, produce the food, and share the food to the people because of um, a lot of the regulations that have been put out there. And that takes a hit because if that is their main pillar of financial security and income, well, now that you take that out, like, what do they have? And a lot of businesses are like that. And so for me, it stemmed from how can I, as we kind of progress into pre-COVID conditions now, how can I take I had to learn a lot of different things, like how to how to market businesses, how to be able to run ads for businesses on social media pages, and like all those things. Because the main main objective is like how do I take businesses that traditionally never really needed um, social media, but kind of need to now have some sort of social media presence to you know garner some attention, revamp um, their whole business. How can I help them? And how can I help the, our community, our Philadelphia community, grow in a lot of ways? Um, you, we talked about in the beginning, a lot of the, a lot of our favorite spots in Philadelphia, a lot of our favorite things that we like to do, and a lot of the places where they check out. And not that you might have noticed it because you weren't necessarily here, but like a lot of these places took 
heavy hit financially. Um, and they're struggling, and they're, and they're still trying to figure out how do we uh, make make up from some of the lost expenses. And that's how, and that's kind of the motivation that really stemmed from my heart to wanting to start this business. Is like, where can I take it to the next step and help these businesses out? And whether they're a micro business like their own, like they only started on Instagram, or they are like a small business like a restaurant and whatnot, how can I help them establish an online presence where they're able to to use part of their budget, whatever monthly budget to expand and scale and you know enjoy growth so that's kind of been on me and like in this whole journey of learning um and wanting to help i think i've really grown to to i'd say like this i like learned to personally take time to not just like love myself but to to understand myself a lot more you know understand who i am understand like my motivation so that's kind of uh, kind of everything. Um, I do have a lot of passions. I have like a lot of little, little hobbies. So, um, but yeah, this is like the big thing that I've been starting, trying to push out there, just trying to help other businesses out. So, thanks for asking, Theo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I saw you you on your grind, and I was like, is that is that another J Joe management post? You know, and. I just like that you, especially because you posted like a story a little while ago, just talking about how you need to branch out and really diversify what you can bring to the table as a person. It's not all about even like pandemic, notwithstanding that when work is over, that your own individual progress and growth stop, you know, Uh, especially as the world opens up and you can do more of the like 2019 normal yeah. stuff um yeah and like i really felt that you know like this like me doing a podcast is like really far away from like what my normal day-to-day is you know it's not even really close uh <laughs> learning how to you know work software like this and designing things and all that like none of this is you know in my general like field of what i like doing or what i you know do to make money but you know, I've really resonated with what you were saying. And, you know, yeah, I, I know you, I know your drive and things like that. So I know that you're going to crush it. And I'm just, you know, excited to see it at the Genesis, you know? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, like, the fact that you're even like starting a podcast and like wanting to, to develop this to be <clears throat> just something out of your own passion just shows, right? Like, it's, it's not for you know for a lot of people wanting to do something like you know all your listeners wanting to do something i'd just say do it like there's no just don't like people think there's some sort of path there's almost like people think there's some preconceived path in order to gain a skill or gain a gain something yeah but there really isn't like there's no No. like you're you when you think about like what's for what's step number one well step number one is literally (laughs) <laughs> whatever i make the first step in like is it research is it um establishing like some sort of account like what is it it's, it's literally whatever you make it but having making that first step right is the biggest thing and i think like that post that you're referring to is like i just want people to understand that like it's not it's not that we aren't like skilled people or like you and me we are we don't come from like we don't have background in what we do but it's because we have like an interest passion and 
desire to be good at what we do. That's all it takes, right? Like, you're not, you didn't come into, into the world of accounting knowing all that you knew. No one does. Like, it's literally so, like, not intuitive what accounting is a lot of times, in my opinion. It really isn't. And you learned it. And it's, like, 1% better each day. And I think, like, literally that's my mindset. I think with everyone who's listening to I think take the time to, to if you want to learn a skill, learn the skill. Stop putting it off because I think if you think about it now, it's, like, you putting it off one week turns into a year when that one year could have been the biggest year of your whole life, right? Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week of you grinding. It can be literally 30 minutes every week. You know, whatever it takes, but you're making that first step. And I think that's why I just want people to do is like, whether you want to learn how to golf, which is me, I want to learn how to golf better. <laughs> just go to a, a course and suck tremendously right <laughs> like learn that you're going to be god awful and you will literally whiff every ball possibly every ball but it's okay because you're trying it <clears throat> but that's the fear like we always fear of like failing but don't be fear of failing because i think the biggest risk in failing is that if you go out there do it again and not have learned from your failures right that's the biggest i think that's my scare is like doing Failing at something and never learning from that. Because once you learn something, it's like, that's a W. Because you can progress in that. So, all this to say, like, I am inspired by you too, Theo. That you're pursuing something that you are passionate about. So sweet. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was just really proud to see that. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for, you know, whatever you got going on. I'm support. You know what I mean? Like, I know if there's like a 0.0% chance, I'm probably going to drink what you're going to put on your sips page. But, you know, I'm still going to like it. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't drink beer or coffee. So, you know, I'm going to like it, though, because I like you. But, you know, I'm proud that you yeah. want to do something, you know, just sometimes you just got to do it. You know, how did I know how to do a podcast? I really didn't. Exactly. I really like, did not. Yeah. And I, I love that you have that spirit. And I think, like, we really resonate well with each other because we both, like, give off very similar, like, ambition and drive and energy and, like, almost like a good juju. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, sir. But, you know, hey, this was a blast. And I, trust me, every time I complete a new anime, I'll tell you when that time comes. Oh, let I'll, me know. Let I'll me keep know. you posted. Um, but man, this was a pleasure. I really had a lot of fun. Any any closing remarks before we get on out of here? Yes. Um, if you ever come, guys, if you ever come to Thea, if you ever come to Philly, please hit me up. Please let me know. I would love to be able to take you to me and T. But to the rest of you guys, um, yeah, your dreams, your passions, your wants, whatever you desire, it literally starts with your first step, right? Whatever that may be, take it, take the risk. And and you just keep on going with it. So um, and yeah, love life, man. Um, yeah, and if you ever come back to Philly and never tell me, man, I'm gonna be really hurt. I'm gonna be really hurt. <laughs> hey, I mean, me and T is very high on that priority. That sounds insane. Like a like yeah, bond me and a bubble tea place in the same building. That oh. 
that could that could make me do a weekend trip. Obviously, there's a little gas shortage happening right now, so I'm gonna be a little more restrictive. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, nah, I mean that that sounds great. Um, yeah, but it was a pleasure having you on. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up. Um, I'm glad that you know we 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 flow so well and everything. I'm glad to see that. Yeah see things are going well for you. Um, but just in general, thank you for tuning in. Um, really, really glad I got to chop it up with John. Uh, he's really one of the realists. And I mean, freshman year to now, a lot of growth has happened. I'm really proud of him. Um, but thank you for tuning in. I hope you all stay safe. I don't care what the CDC says. Please wear a mask. Um, and oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That, was, that was wild. Uh, but please stay safe, drink some water, and I'll catch you all next time.